0: Good morning and welcome to Pinion Hills Community Church. I hope you had a fantastic Christmas and you're excited about the new year to come. In the new year, in mid January, we're starting a brand new series called 2020, which is all about trying to find God's vision for your life in the upcoming year. But right now, I am pleased to introduce our speaker. He hails from Albuquerque, New Mexico. He has one wife, one kid, and one dog. He loves Kanye West and scary movies. He loves Yeezys and all-nighters. Most Friday nights, he could be found screaming at high school students on the sidelines from football games. Why? Because he is our youth pastor. He's fun. He's talented. He's dynamic. And if you're a student who doesn't already attend our student ministry, you are missing out. So if you would, please give a warm welcome and round of applause like you're a 17-year-old at a Harry Styles concert for our speaker this morning, introducing Pastor Vaughn Craver. Wow. Get you a hype man like that, huh? That's what I'm talking about. Hey, well, how we feeling 1030? How we feeling? That's what I'm talking about. Well, I'm Vaughn, the student pastor here. And let me tell you, don't we have the greatest pastors? Like pastor Mademoiselle and the staff. Can we give it up for our pastors on staff? Yeah. I'm blessed that I get to learn from them and be a part of the ministry here. I'm thankful for that. I think a reason why uh, Matt may not be here speaking is because he's a little beat up by the Oklahoma uh, thing that happened. Uh, uh, You know what I mean? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, he's pretty bummed about that. So if you see him, give him a hard time. He is definitely a Sooner, but not happy about it today, okay? But uh, hey, I'm a Broncos fan, so I have hope this morning. Any Broncos fans in the audience? Beat the Raiders, knock them out of the playoffs, okay? That's a good Sunday. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> hey, but uh, this is a monumental moment for myself, so we're making history this morning. How about that, okay? Monumental moment because I always said if I get the chance to speak in front of the congregation at the church, I'm going to do the class. Classic, classic pastor showing off their family card. Okay? So, first, I'm going to show off my beautiful bride, Christy. Okay? Yeah 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 she married way up right so yeah definitely so that's Christy we've been married going on four years going on four years yeah I know everything that has to do with marriage all right so if you have questions let me know Um, but you're probably wondering where's the rest of the family yes we have the baby boy August 21st Zion was born and this is a up-to-date picture about what happens in our life It's true. Don't hate, okay? Don't hate. We love our son Zion, uh, but we're thankful. We're a happy family. Uh, We're super blessed. But Let's go back to the first picture real quick. Look look at us. Look at the adventure in our eyes right there. The youth. All right, you're probably saying, Vaughn, you're 25. Be quiet. But here's the deal. This is before we got married. We had so many goals. We still have goals. We're adventurous. We're having fun with life. And you know what she's probably thinking here? Like, yes, I'm going to get married. He's going to be an amazing husband. I'm married way up. And I get it. And and so she's going to say, when he's tired and he gets home from work, I bet she said this. Like, I'm going to let him sleep when the baby cries in the middle of the night. Okay? Said no wife ever. Okay? And all the ladies said amen. All right? But here's the deal. I, I always thought, like, man, if I if I just snore a little louder. Okay? Here's the deal. Don't tell her to do this. If I snore louder and, like, even though I'm not, like, sleeping, I'm awake and the baby's crying. Guys, if you snore louder, it works. She gets up every time. It's, it's really crazy. Guys, you know you do it. It. All right, guys, raise your hand if you've done it. Don't do it. Okay, don't, never mind. But but there's a lot of situations that we were thinking, man, this is gonna be a blessing. This is gonna be a lot of fun. She didn't know that I would leave my clothes probably everywhere around the house. And for me, I changed my clothes probably four times a day. All right, here's my problem. I don't like to be dirty. That's my problem. Okay, I feel like I'm sweaty. I, feel, I go home and I change. I'm weird like that. Any Anybody else like that? Don't raise your hands. We'll do it together. All right, silent group there. But we're, we're thankful. We, we had expectations going into marriage and those expectations obviously they're not always met all right? They're not always meant, but it's a, still a blessing no matter what. But this this whole journey for us has been a blessing. And I kind of want to run through the top things that have happened in our life as we got to this point that we are now. Number one is this. We recently had bought a house in the beginning of the year in Albuquerque. We thought our journey in Albuquerque was going to be a lot longer than it was. So we bought a house, invested in it, beautiful home. And then we find out God has another plan for us. So we moved out of our house in Albuquerque. We moved out of our house in Albuquerque to move to Farmington, New Mexico, where God God called us on our next chapter. And let me tell you, Farmington, you guys are an amazing community. Come on, give yourselves a hand of the blessing you guys are. You guys know how to love people. You know how to bless people. You know how to serve people. Christy and I have been blessed. Zion has been blessed to be a part of this community. I'm thankful for you. Quick story about my first experience in Farmington. Has to do with Chad Stotts. Chad Daniel Stotts, as he liked to be called. If you know who that is, you already know this is trouble. Okay? So he texts me and said, hey, Vaughn, do you want to come and see what I do on my side job? I said, that's cool, side job. All right, let's do this. And so picks me up, takes me in his truck. Uh, I feel super cool. It's in a, a tundra. I'm like, oh man, Farmington. This is cool. And he, and he drives me in this back road. And he takes me out of the truck. And he starts pulling out these these guns. And I'm like, what's happening right now? I, I didn't mean to upset you in any way, Chad. All right. I'm from Albuquerque. I've seen guns. But I don't want to deal with it, okay? But here's the deal. He takes me. And then he takes me to the bushes and starts moving the bushes. And there's these animals that are trapped. These raccoons and these skunks. I'm like, what is this? This is Farmington? This is cool. And he takes the gun and pop, pop, pop to these skunks and these raccoons. And I was like, whoa, let me try. Okay. Give me a shot at this. Like, this is cool. Do you hold it like this? Like, I don't know. Okay. But but he didn't let me do that, okay? But he, he grabbed the raccoon, and this was the crazy thing. Like, this is my experience in Farmington. He hooks this thingy mabob from his truck, and then he hooks the raccoon to it where it's hanging, and he starts skinning the raccoon. I'm like, whoa! No, come on, Chad, and he's skinning it and, skinning it, and skins it all off, and he's like normal, there's blood everywhere, and he's like, this is cool, huh? Ah, yeah, take me back to work, okay? This is my lunch, a little too much for me, I kind of, I don't want to eat anymore, but my first experience at Farmington, you guys are still a blessing, okay, don't let Chad change that for you. But... I start this job as a student pastor here in in Farmington, Penny Hills Community Church. Super blessed by it. Then we have to go back to Albuquerque many times to transport our belongings. You know how that is. Get a U-Haul. We have to go to our house in Albuquerque, bring our stuff here, and go back and forth many times. My wife stayed back for a while, so I would go back on the weekends and stay and then come back. It got tiring after a while. Then we moved into our new home here, and then my wife has to start going in for routine checkups. At this time, she's pregnant so this process already is a lot going on and then what we don't understand is sometimes you have to go to unplanned visits in the hospital. Something's happened during pregnancies that we don't understand and that we don't expect and then my wife three hours later in August when she goes in for a routine checkup has an emergency c-section. Just before that last Christmas a couple days before the 25th uh, we got my mom and her dad together and we gave them a gift and say congratulations, you're going to be grandparents. This is early December. Christy at the time wasn't feeling well but we knew we were pregnant and she had seen some blood and she's she seen some things going on and next day after we give our parents, that they're going to be grandparents, it's going to be amazing. We give them the gifts, the next day we find out that we had a miscarriage seven weeks along and thinking all this stuff is happening It's like why god this is a new adventure this is like the last thing we need in our life but it's still a blessing, and I don't understand why. But but God brought Zion just w- months later, and, and he's born, and it's an emergency, and, and, it's, and it's tough, and the way that it went through wasn't the way we expected, but, but God still honored it, and we have a, a little guy, Zion J. Craven. and we're thankful for him, and we're blessed to have our family. It's still a blessing, and so we go to the emergency C-section, and then we have healing from a miscarriage, but it's been a blessing. And let me tell you, I'm going to bring Chad Stotts out here real quick. You'll see the man, the myth, the legend. He's going to come out in just a sec. Which way? Yeah, he's, he's pretty confident in who he is, as you can tell. Yeah, give it up for Chad, everybody. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, this was my first experience in Farmington, so if anybody wants to take me on a different journey in Farmington, please feel free to invite me places, okay? But here's the deal. Life brings you blessings, and also there's, life brings you, th- really, valleys. There's mountaintop moments, and then there's valleys in our life. And so for Chad, it could be, man, his job is doing really well. He just got promoted. His business is doing super good. Finances are awesome, and, and he can still carry a lot of weight in his life, that's easy how you feeling man good yeah okay wow okay you're feeling good you could carry this weight and oh guess what well so your family is doing really well your kids are doing awesome in school so you're actually proud to be their parents okay parents have probably been there before so you're proud that you, yeah and your son your daughter like you can call them yours congratulations okay that, that's way so you're balancing family jobs going really well what what things could come up. Well, you were just at the doctors a while ago and talk about life still being a blessing. You get a call back from the doctor from the results that you weren't expecting and life was good, kids are good, Well all of a sudden you get the call back that, well, one of your kids had to go through chemo now. Or maybe you have something going on in your body that you're going to have to take routine checkups for and you're going to have to pay medical bills and all of a sudden finances are pretty tight all of a sudden you're gonna to have to deal with paying things out that you weren't expecting and then that well that one job and so you're balancing serving in a student ministry if you didn't know he serves in the student ministry so on the worship team a lot of things going on he's balancing family and the kids of school and, and his career and then and then the doctor appointment calls and then all of a sudden the boss calls him in and this is the big one boss says, well I know you're struggling with finances, but you know the job we created for you and how well you were doing in your career? Well, we're going to have to let you go. And the job we made isn't going to happen the way you wanted it to. And you were at a mountaintop. (laughs) And now there's a valley. And there's some of you in here that are carrying this weight, and he's wanting to tell me now, like, hey, Vaughn, can we drop this? But I think a lot of you in here have been wanting to drop something for some time, and you've been struggling for some time, and it's been year after year where you've gone into a new year, and you said, I'm going to get with God. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be with my kids more. I'm going to work less and be with my family and, and dads. I'm going to date my kids more, and I know I should, but every year I say I do, but then I get caught up with work and other things. And we say this every year, and the weight and the low gets heavier. Sometimes we just need a let it go. Right, Chad? Right. I know you're thankful for it. Yes, we us just let it go. Alright? However the way you want to do it. Congratulations. You let it go. And I wish it was that easy. Right? Give it up for Chad real quick. I wish. He's so done with me. He's done that earlier too. He's, he's over it. His forearms are burning. He was sweating. I, don't tell him I told you guys that. But here's the deal. A lot of us have a lot of weight. And we've been carrying it. And we're carrying it. And we're trying to balance so many things. And thinking, Vaughn, you, you're just four years into marriage. You have one kid. I mean, look at you, Vaughn. You wear ripped jeans. Come on, man. Like, we're concerned about you. But here's the deal. What I do have and what I do understand and what I could offer you today is that there's unbreakable promises that my wife and I leaned on. My wife and I had to lean on each other. When she was weak and when she was wanting to just give up and throw in the towel on situations, I leaned towards God. And when there's situations where I wanted to throw in the towel, she said, Vaughn, we need to pray. We need to get in the word. We were better for each other. Not one person is going to hold it together. But when you go to God, things go in a better route. Can we we believe that? Can we make some noise for God that his unbreakable promises are for us? Never against us. Never against us. Things happen but the year's still a blessing and I don't understand it. In the trials this year, they've been something, haven't it? A lot of things have happened in our families, with our friends. It's crazy to think that I don't have this family member in my life anymore. I don't have my kid with me anymore. That's not how it's supposed to work. And there's been trials and, and we try to fix it. And What happens so many times when we try to fix things, we build up things from the ground that we never thought we'd become. We never thought we would be overcome by alcohol abuse. We never thought the pornography addiction would get as out of control as it has. I never thought I'd be lying as much as I have and overeating or I've stopped eating or my laziness would take over and I'm not not as good as my job as I was the past couple years. I'm struggling as a parent and I wonder why I'm not close with my spouse anymore because we're trying to work on it on our own and we're carrying the weight and you wonder why communication has stopped. We wonder why we're not close with our kids and men in here. If I can just say from the stage, I don't have it all together but maybe it takes a younger guy to remind you of when you were young in your marriage and you dated your wife. Maybe it takes for me to say, man, I'm I'm excited to be married, yeah, I'm four years in, but I'm going to enjoy it. Maybe a lot of the men, we need to step up and start dating our wives again, start being with our kids more, be present, to be the leader we are called to be in our families. That's what it looks like, but it takes for someone to say, you know, I'm going to do it. I'm going to stick my foot out. I'm going to trust you, God. I'm going to trust your promises with my family. I'm going to trust that my career is going to be just fine. I'm going to trust that finances are going to be okay. I'm going to trust this addiction I have. I feel like I haven't been able to let it go, but I'm going to give it over to you, God, and I'm going to trust you with it. Trust is huge. And we're going to look at two people today. Two people who had an opportunity to trust God. Two people who had scenarios to look at God's unbreakable promises, but two drastic different outcomes. And let's look at it with Elijah. A little context here. Elijah is running for his life right now. Because the events that he was as a prophet, as he was working for God, being the voice of God, doing the acts for God, he has been suddenly told that everything he's done is going to come back to him. That King Ahab at this time is leading one of the most evil times in the Israelites history. This king had nothing to do with God, didn't want anything to do with what he was doing. They were too busy calling other false prophets to call fire down. He was too busy trying to control everybody else when Elijah was stepping in and being the voice of God. And all of a sudden Elijah's told, hey, everything you've done, we're going to pay back to you worse. So Elijah's saying, God, why are these things happening? I think a lot of us sitting here and we say, we, we've done a good thing. We've worked for God, but these bad things happen, so why should I continue to do this? Why should I continue to follow you, follow you, God, when bad things just keep happening, when my family keeps struggling, when things in my life just seem to be crumbling down? Why should I continue to follow you? When we look at Elijah in 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 3-5, through 5, again, that's 1 Kings chapter 19, 3-5, it says, Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. When he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left his servant there while he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness. He came to a broom bush, sat down under it, and prayed that he might die. There's a couple things I want to talk about in this verse right here. He knew the ultimate thing that God would not be happy with is him taking his life. This moment, this was the one thing he knew would, would be upsetting to God, and that was the one thing he was willing to do. That was the one thing he was willing to say, I would rather be dead. But God says, I got a plan for you, I got a life for you, I got purpose for you. But Elijah's saying, if this is all going to happen, if everything I've done for you and everything's going to crash down and crumble, I would rather not be a part of this life anymore. And it breaks my heart because I've seen people who struggle run from their problems and I have a close personal attachment to this I have a parent who would run from the problems and rather run from fixing things with the family instead of be present with our family I'm so close to that and it hurts and it hurts because it makes you feel like you're the problem but you're not it's because we run from what, what we need to face we run from it year after year we've been running from it and we've been building addictions from it. And we've been going to things that aren't helping us. When God's saying, i got a promise for you. And i got a purpose for you. And we're going to find that out in a second. But a lot of us need to stop running and just be still and go to God. And hear Him. So Elijah's at this point, and, and a lot of us with the students in here, and I love that our students are running the worship service, they're running the cameras, there's students in the front row, can we make some noise for our youth in this community? Yeah. For stepping up? Yeah. But it breaks my heart because a lot of youth in this community feel like no one cares for them, and no one loves them, but this is the church, we love them. But how do we get them here is we got to show, we got to go out to the schools. We got to go out to them and be with them and show it. Serve in the ministries, be a part of it. We have a church that is so amazing to want to just bless the ministries, to want to see students be a part of these services. We have a church that's for them and not against them. We have a God that's for everyone and not against you, no matter what you've done. But I hear a lot of you feel like, I don't have purpose, so I'd rather end it. And I listen to youth when they lose friends. And I was at a funeral a while ago. And one of the students had said, if I was just present when my friend had passed, if if I was there, maybe I could have changed the scenario. That's a lot of weight that our youth are carrying. And they don't know how to go through with that. That's a lot of weight for a 15, 16-year-old kid to say that maybe I could have changed the outcome. That's a lot. And so seeing people in this room We have so much opportunity to love our kids in the kids ministry, to love our students in the student ministry, to get plugged in and to give back what's been given to us. To show that they have purpose and that there's love for them. Elijah felt like he did not need to be here anymore. I've had enough Lord, he said. Take my life. I'm no better than my ancestors. And there was a moment of depression in his life. Year after year, there hasn't been change. You've had resolutions. You've had ideas of what your family needs to look like, what your business needs to look like, but you have yet to do it, and it breaks you down so much because year after year goes by, and it's not done, and you feel like you have some weight built up. We made goals, and they haven't been completed. We made promises and have not fulfilled them. But Elijah faced trial after trial, but guess what? If you're taking notes, God was still present. God still provided And God's still protected. God is still present with your family. God is still protecting your finances. God is still for you and he's not against you and he sent his son Jesus for you. Let's give praise for God that he has always protected us and he's present in the storms. (laughs) Whatever your kid is going through, whatever your family is running from, run towards God and you will see God in mighty ways, but you got to go towards him in 2020. It's amazing when you run to God, the things that come of it. Now, I was reading this story and I was seeing everything that was happening and I looked up, uh, what is it? What, what is it, the Earth Fire, what, what is this band called? Earth. Yeah, did you know that was a band? I'm telling you what, I'm reading the story, and I'm like, I feel like I've heard that before. Yeah, if you know that, you're pretty old, I just wanna say. The, uh, that came out in the 1970s, y'all. Someone's getting, getting party in the back. They're like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, boy. Okay. I was born in 1994. I wasn't even a thought. I'm sorry. Check this out. Let's see if you know it. All right? It's a very short verse, okay? Do you remember the 21st night of September? Okay, one of you knew it. Okay, now we're really aging ourselves right now. But here's the deal. 1970s. Here's the deal. Wasn't Pop Rocks invented in the 1970s? I don't even know. I wasn't there. But, like, I was hoping you would help me. Anyways, that's a band. I just thought, you guys, if you didn't know that, there you go. But if you're taking notes, all right, check this out. The earth, wind, and fire do not survive in a match with God. Amen? Amen. The the storms that were coming for Elijah, the false prophets who were trying to call down fire for their people, and it didn't happen, and Elijah calls on God, and God completes the task. God does it every time. God will get through any storm. God will help you with anything that you come to Him for. God will walk alongside of you, but He'll bring people into your life too to do the same thing, and there's a situation and it blows my mind that this would happen to the son of god and we're going to talk about jesus in a little while he had a similar approach but here's what happened to elijah in 1 kings chapter 19 verse 11 through 12 lord said go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the lord for the lord is about to pass by then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the lord but the lord was not in the wind after w- after the wind there was an earthquake but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. The whisper is the counselor, and the whisper reminds you that you are going to be okay. The counselor, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, is working through you, and he wants to see you fulfill what your goals are. Go after them. Don't give up. Don't let things get in the way of what you want to see happen in your family, of your goals to be with your kids more, the goals with whatever you have going to 2020. Hand it over to God. Hand the weight over to God and start there first. Because God says, I can overcome the fire. I can overcome the earthquake. I can overcome the storms in your life. Our God is so good. And it's crazy to me that Jesus went through the same thing In his anxiety and the moment where we see Jesus really feeling the pressure for the first time I feel the most intense pressure he's felt is in Matthew chapter 26 verse 38 through 42 then he said to them my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death we saw that with Elijah to the point of death they're feeling dragged down they're feeling broken they're feeling tired and weary Anybody in here carrying that weight? You're tired, you're weary, you're broken, you're beat up. It's been a rough year. Check this out. Stay here and keep watch with me. Going a little farther, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, my father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Couldn't you men keep watch with me for one hour? He asked Peter, watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. He went away a second time. And this, this right here doesn't seem like a big deal, but a lot of us can't spend a minute with God. I struggle with it. We're busy, right? We have all this weight, so why would we give time to God? Why would we give these things over to God? But Jesus said, you know, this is a moment I need to be with you. This is a time where I need to spend, really, my precious moments with you. And he went not once, but twice to speak to God. And his friends, well, they fell short of encouraging him and being with him. The biggest thing we can do, church, is be for each other. And for me, I started going to counseling. What? Did pastors say he goes to counseling? What? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I go to counseling because I need people in my life to help me and listen to me because I deal with anxiety. it's so one of my biggest struggles is anxiety. So I need to talk to people and they taught me techniques so at night when anxiety picks up for me, I'm able to go through these techniques. What? I, I got people who are for me it's crazy guys I'm telling you what and so the counselor listens to me and talks to me and we meet on a regular basis and they've really helped me and, and get healthier and really to focus on God more because when I'm in my anxiety I'm not trusting God when I'm panicking I'm not focused on God. I'm worried about everything else that's around me. I'm not giving it to God. So the counselors help me actually focus on God a lot more. And what's also a blessing is I allow people into my life. I've allowed mentors. I've allowed people to call me out. And I can call them and say, here's what I'm struggling with. Here's my habits. Here's where I should have done better with my wife this week. And they're kind enough to say, well, Vaughn, stop being stupid. And here's what you need to do. We need We need people in our life to kind of tell us the truth in, in love and sometimes, yeah, yeah, keep it simple stupid. You know that. I was always told that. You, you got to have people that call you out. You got to have people in your life to push you, but a lot of us run from that. We don't want to have that healing. That doesn't make sense. Because we feel like we can't get back to where we were and let me tell you, it's not about getting back to where you were, it's about getting on track with God. It's about getting focused on your relationship with him. And so you can better yourself. So then you can better the people around you. But you got to have people in your life. And you got to let people in. And you got to be willing to be real. And you got to be willing to say, I am for you and I'm not against you. I am for the person next to me. And I'm for my family members. No matter how far they are from you, I'm going to love on you. And and let me just say, a lot of us have been, been following Jesus for a long time. And it looks like it. Because if you've seen a lot of Christians lately, or followers of Jesus lately, y'all look mad all the time. And I don't know why. I'm grumpy. And I'm like, do you love Jesus? But what I'm saying, what I'm saying is, some of us in 2020 got to look at it, and I got to be better at this too, is we got to be more loving to people. And we got to look at our surroundings. And we got to look, and we got to really check where we are, a heart check in our walk. Because we've been doing this for a long time, and it's become more of a ritual than actual growing relationship with Jesus Christ, Lord and Savior, you with me? And so I I walk with my students all the time and tell them this, I said, hey, when students come in the door, let's break out of the cliques, let's break out of the huddles, because when we're just focused on our groups, the people coming in aren't going to feel welcome. The people coming into these doors of this services aren't going to feel loved if we don't break out and show people love, if we don't show people a smiling face or the love of Jesus Christ that they may need in that moment. So in 2020, maybe it's looking at our faith and saying, maybe I need to get back and focus on my, my baby Christ-like faith walk again and have some milk instead of jumping for the steak all the time, to love people better and to have a smile on our faces in 2020. We've got to surrender it to God. Jesus was going through the most severe case of anxiety any of us could ever face, probably. But Jesus prayed. Here's a note if you're taking notes. What manifested was trusting God because he prayed. Let me say that one more time. What manifested was trusting God because he prayed. Man, and that weight that we're carrying, it's going to beat us up every time. And we're going to keep entering into a new year wondering why we're not getting things done. It's because we haven't surrendered it to the one who can speak things into existence. The one who loved us and sent his son for us. So let me ask you this. What can manifest in your life when you trust God? Here are some things. Your anxiety, worry, doubt, and burdens will begin to become nothing. And we're going to bring the worship team out here, and we're going to celebrate God, and we're going to praise God together, but I want us to look at one thing. Everyone got a card when they came in here. Everyone got a card. If you have that card with you, I want to ask you one thing. On that verse on the back, these next seven days going into this new year, will this be your life verse? No matter where you've been or where your walk is or how the other years have gone, let's make 2020 a focus that I'm going to grow my relationship with Jesus Christ. That I'm going I'm to go to him. I'm going to give him a shot. I'm going to get plugged into that men's ministry and be with people, that women's ministry and be with people. If I have a student, I'm going to get them to the student ministry. I'm going to do what it takes to see God do a work in my life in this community. So here's this scripture that's on your card. In Romans 6 verse 19 it says, I'm using an example from everyday life. Because of your human limitations, just as you used to offer yourselves as slaves to impurity and to ever-increasing wickedness, get this, so now offer yourselves as slaves to righteousness leading to holiness. If you want to live in the likeness of Christ in this next year, stand with me. Stand with me right now. If you want to step in faith and say, you know, I'm tired of going year after year saying I got this resolution and this resolution. I got this problem and this problem. No, this year I'm going to surrender to you, God, and I'm going to live in the likeness of you, and I'm going to see what you can do. Are you with me, church, that we want to step foot into his glory in this new year? Let's praise him this morning.